What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Oh, boy. People want to get on Adrian Hauser's ass, dude. Let's, uh... Make that a little bit higher tomorrow. I hope so. All right. So we are back on another Wisco Fanatics Wednesday. I want to throw this out there. Um, I'll be honest. The forecast does not look good uh, for tomorrow. Uh, We are going to be live at Stadium View tomorrow, probably around 1 o'clock, whether practice is indoors or outdoors. If practice is outdoors, then we'll be there. And then we'll be at Stadium View right after practice. But if they're, you know, the practice ends up being indoors, we'll probably just go straight to Stadium View, and we'll start the show at one o'clock then. Uh, but right now, it looks like either rain or smoke from wildfires is going to force practice indoors. But we'll see. We'll keep a closer eye on it tomorrow. But whatever happens, we will still be live at Stadium View tomorrow with John Del Rey from Lombardi Time Brews talking about the Packers so far in the preseason. Some expectations we have, some guys we're impressed with, hype trains that we're riding. Hype trains are always fun. Uh, and and just some, some other context that we want to bring up with the Green Bay Packers as far as the preseason is concerned so far. But today we have four Milwaukee Brewers games to talk about. We have the sweep against the White Sox in the first game against the Dodgers. Then in addition to that, we are also going to be doing a rookie report. We have seven rookies that we're going to talk about today. Uh, Abner Uribe, Elvis Paguero, and then Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer, Blake Perkins, Andre Monasterio, uh, Sal Freelich, and who am I forgetting? Nope, that's seven. That's all of them. Never mind. Yeah, one, mind. Two, that's it. I got yeah. them all. I yeah, nailed it. Five, six, seven. Yeah, that's okay. five, seven. All right. So let's start like we normally do with our power pair and underrated performer. Uh, give me your your power pair and your underrated performer. All right. So for my power pair hitter, I went with Mark Canna. Uh, this is a guy that's been getting a lot of flack since he, we brought him over to the Milwaukee Brewers. Again, he's free. So every hit that he gets is for free. Uh, two game winners he hit in the last week for free. Just want to hammer that home so people understand. Um, he's been pretty good, man. He plays good defense. He he gets some good at bats. He was four fourteen this week. Scored two runs, two doubles, big time doubles. Mm-hmm. 
three RBIs, big t- two of those three are some big time RBIs. Uh, two walks and only one strikeout. So that's what this guy does. Mm. He gets on base. He gives you tough at bats. He Puts doesn't. He, yeah, he doesn't waste at bats. That's a 286 uh, average, a 353 on base percentage, a 429 slug, and a 782 OPS. The guy's just he's consistent. You know, that's what they did at the trade deadline. They got guys that are consistent contributors, and Mark Canna definitely fits that bill. That's solid so, veterans, I'll say. Oh, 100%. So, for my, my power pair pitcher, I was going in between these two guys. I have two pitchers next up here. So, I decided to go with Devin Williams because he oh, hasn't got right. enough love this year. Um, three innings pitch, only gave up one hit, zero earned runs, and seven Ks. That means that seven of his nine outs, he struck them out. <laughs> Disgusting no stuff. He had a 0.33 whip. He did earn a W this week, and he had an opponent batting average of 100. Nice. Pretty good. <laughs> um, my underrated performer I went with, none other than my guy, Freddie Peralta. I call him my guy, and I still mess up his name. What is life? <laughs> Six innings pitch, four hits, three walks, 6K, zero earned runs, and he had an opponent batting average of 182. He could have easily been a power pitcher too, as well. I know. I, I didn't know, man. I was like, nah. it's fair. It's it's fair either way. Yeah, agreed. What's up, Tim? Hopefully, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see. All righty. So I went with I went with the generic answer. I went with Christian Yelich for my power pair position player. He gives the Brewers good defense. He did bat four for fifteen last week. It's just two sixty six. That's not great, but he did also draw four walks. And then the other thing with Christian Yelich is that he's on a seven-game hitting streak. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Let's keep that going, baby. For my power pitcher, I went with Brandon Woodruff. Um, he pitched – it took only took him 86 pitches to get through six and a third innings. Uh, it's one of those things where Brandon Woodruff, and I'll say this when we talk about this game, he is progressing perfectly in his return from the injured list is how I oh. feel. So for him to go 86 pitches in a six and a thirds innings, this is one of those things where he's back, you know, fully healthy and there's no concerns or anything like that, that he's going to pitch the full seventh inning. And depending on how many pitches he's at, like say he gets the next two outs in another eight to 10 pitches, he's probably coming out for the eighth inning. That's how, that's how he was cruising through this game. He had five strikeouts, only one walk with the four hits and then had the two earned runs against Chicago and then for my underrated performer, I went with Bryce Wilson. Now, he's he's given up runs. He allowed some inherited runners to score. But the important thing of why I believe that Bryce Wilson is an underrated performer is because he gave the Brewers two and a third innings of baseball last night, and the Brewers didn't have to use anybody else from the bullpen. True. When you're talking about the the tough schedule that the Brewers have coming up with two against the Dodgers, three against Texas, and then two against Minnesota with no off days, those those 2.1 innings, they ring far more important than just pitching in a game that the Brewers are down by four. That is very so true. That's, that struck me as, as more important than he will get credit for, and it's something that I felt needed to be brought up. That is fair. Okay, so let's move to let's start with Friday night's game, and let's talk about the White Sox series. What stood out to you from Game One? Well, to be honest with you, the first thing that stuck out to me 
is when you go back and look at this game, you know, because we have, you know, hindsight Mm -hmm. is another comeback win for one Mm. and back to back extra inning wins. Uh, And the same way, basically, to Mark Hanna coming through in the clutch. So Corbin Burns didn't have his A-plus stuff in this game, gave up a couple of runs. I will say that guy that I was really – that we were hoping was going to be a brewer, Eloy Jimenez, really, really owned this game from the plate. He was he was raking in this game. Um, he I think he ended three for four, right? Had a home run. Something like that. Yeah, yeah he, he was, had a home run. He was going, going crazy. Um, but he – Corbin Burns had five and two-thirds in his pitch, had gave up eight hits, three walks – Five earned runs and five Ks. When you're allowing 11 people on base, you're going to give up runs. That's just the nature of this game, right? Then you get to Elvis Paguero. Elvis Paguero also gave up a run in this game, two hits. And me and you are partying. We're having a great time on Friday night. We're, we keep checking the score. I'm like, what's well, the score of the Brewery? Score the Brewery. Everybody's showing me. Everybody's showing me. I didn't know where my phone was. I don't know what was happening. Tyler was like, we came back and won. And it was a great Friday night. So fast forward to Piams, Williams, Uribe. All studs. Devin Williams, three strikeouts in this one was absolutely phenomenal. Abnery, Abner Uribe uh, earned his first save, his first career save. And I agree with Stephen Watson. Stephen Watson tweeted out that this he has a feeling this won't be his last, and I 100% agree. You don't have 101 that has movement and this be one save. It's just physically impossible. I know you're gonna go nuts. I can't on wait to talk about that pitch, dude. I'm just, I'm just gonna leave it open ended like that. Uh, Contreras with two RBIs, Adamas with two RBIs, Caratini got an RBI, and Canna, like I said before, he ended up getting the game winning RBI. Caratini homered. I, I don't know why, but I just love when Caratini homers, dude. Like he just like, he has like such a good like you know when he gets one because it's just like a different swing. He doesn't different. sneak any over the fence. No, he he crushes them. Yeah. Um. Also, want to give a shout out to uh, Yelly. Twenty four steals. Frelick got his second steal, and Frelick had one of the craziest catches you'll see this year. Air freaking Frelick. We posted it on the page. What a photo, dude! Seriously, yeah, that's great work. If, if he, <laughs> it is. Shout out to the Brewers uh, social media team for posting that as well. Um. If he ever comes out with his own brand of shoe and he does not use that picture, he's failing. <laughs> I don't know, dude, because, like, the one that he made up against the wall in his debut. Yeah. Like, not the not the, not the the jumping one, but the one where he, like, jumped in the gap off the wall. Like, Yeah, he's, he's got some tough catches already, and he's only been up here for a month, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a bright future, man. We really do. I strongly agree. And actually, MLB came out with a new farm system rankings. Have you seen yeah. them yet? No, I did not. Just just take a stab where the Brewers are. They were number 10 coming into 2023. So I will reveal that much. But where do you think they are now after the draft? they got to be top five, dude. They're top five? There was no way they weren't, dude. We had a crazy draft. You see, you see Cooper Pratt right now, dude? Dude. We're number four? Three? Number three. Bro, I'm I am all aboard the Cooper Pratt hype train. Like dead ass. I'm putting all my chips in that one. Um I will give credit my Brewers editor that I, I do the I do Brewers writing for fan sided, the editor of, of the page that I write for. 
He yeah. put a side by side of Cooper Pratt next to Ryan Braun. Their swings are identical. Dude. Cooper like, Pratt. Like the their shoulder movement, it's the exact same. Like I took a screenshot. Like I paused it and took a screenshot. Their swings are identical. Cooper Pratt swings exactly like Ryan Braun. And Ryan Braun has one of the prettiest swings I've ever seen, man. It's, it's so smooth. It stays in the strike zone forever. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's it, it covers both sides of the plate. I mean, you see yeah. so much of the barrel too. Yeah, he he he's got a pretty swing. So I did see the video somebody saying that about him. He, it's a little Ryan Brawny, and I was like, oh boy, don't get me excited, man. He's my favorite brewer of all time, obviously. You know, so him or Prince Fielder, I can't really make a decision. That's, That's fair. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so the Brewers forced Michael Kopech to throw 30 pitches in the first inning. Um, did um, did only end up generating the one run. Christian Yelich uh, let off with a single, stole second, and then scored on William Contreras' a single. Bottom of the first, I will say, and I'm not going to blame Burns' uh, you know, bad appearance, his first non-quality start since the beginning of June. Um on this, but it to me was something worth mentioning is that in his first uh, appearance against Tim Anderson, it did look like he tweaked something uh, in his his left leg, his stretch leg uh, when he was making pitches really early. I think it was like the second pitch that he threw in the game. Mm-hmm. He did stay in the game. He pitched. He's pitching tomorrow. So like there's nothing injured list wrong with him, but you know, if I mean, if at the back of his mind he's like, you know, like something's bothering him in his leg just a little bit, like that's a, that's enough to steal just a tiny little bit of your focus. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, I'll throw that out there. And like I said, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but to me, it is something that is contextually relevant. Um, so he did make a very nice play by Willie Adamas on a slow grounder by Ben Attendee, a walk on what should have been a strike. Um. And then, um, oh, it was Ben Attendee. He got a walk on what should have been a strike. He got the third on Eli Jimenez single. Um, and then Santana uh, let a, a Moncada hit into the infield. A high fly fell at the left center. That could have been a force out at third. Uh, the throw was a little off. Andre Monasterio couldn't pick it. Um, Yelich made a sliding catch, and then Eli Jimenez tagged and scored. On that, um, the throw was way closer than it should have been for for Christian Yelich to be throwing from left field and Eloy Jimenez to be tagging from third base. That yeah. was a closer play than it should have been. I'll I say agree. Um, so it took Corbin Burns 26 pitches to get through the first inning. Top of the second inning, Victor Caratini, that's where you mentioned the home run, tied the game at two. Bottom of the third, Eloy Jimenez had a two-run home run before an out was recorded, and then two more base runners before an out. But Corbin Burns got a double play and got out of the inning with no more damage. Uh, bottom of the fourth, Carlos Santana made a nice diving play at first. Uh, single to right center, did score the fifth run for Chicago. Um, top of the fifth, Carlos Santana had a one-out single. He got to third on the Sal Freelich single. Um, Sal Freelich got to second on the throw. And then Willie Adamas with a single drove in two runs. Um, Sal diving in to beat the throw. That's great work for him at the plate. Dude, uh, crazy slide. I was waiting for you to get to that. Super crazy, smooth. crazy slide. Yeah, super smooth by Sal Freely. 
Here comes the bullshit. Here comes the bullshit. Right on time. Yeah, we got got Brett out here, a fan in our comment section, just giving himself his own nicknames. (laughs) Which is bullshit, by the way. (laughs) I I mean, it fits, though, so I'm here for it. Yeah. We'll let him keep it. It's better than saying that goddamn last name. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no offense, man, but. Um, that made the game five to four. I shouldn't say them. <laughs> the top of the six, Victor Caratini let off with a single. Uh, Weimer followed with an infield single. Oh, um, he, he said as much as Tyler getting the number one pick. Hey, you got to bring that up with Jake, not with me. I could show, I could send you the video personally, man. I'll send you um, the video personally. Yelich followed with an opposite field single to load the bases. Uh, William Contreras hit a tapper, a bad flip by Bummer, which is a really unfortunate last name. That <laughs> no, it's not. no. <laughs> Victor Caratini and Joey Weimer scored on the play. And that was it for the Brewers in that inning. The bottom of the six, Burns got the first two outs. He did retire seven straight before he was um before he was taken out. Um, and then gave up a single, and he was done at 107 pitches. Um, the German, well, okay, all right. German word for sunshine. I'll give you that. He said he's joking, bro. <laughs> he said he's he said he's joking about me getting the number one pick. Oh, okay, that's what you he's mean. not he's not joking about the German word for sunshine. That is that's it. really the German word for sunshine. Yes, that does make sense to me. That's amazing. Brett Sunshine. Yeah. Joke's on you, Jake. <laughs> yeah, story of my life. Um, Elvis Paguero did get the pitch on Elvis night, so take that for what it's worth. Um, <laughs> got, a, got a ground out to end the sixth. Um, bottom of the seventh, Elvis Paguero did come back out. Gave up a one-out single to, El- to uh, Eloy Jimenez. Willie Adamas, great job just to make the play close even. Yeah. Um, oh, you're making jump throws or not. Um, Connor said he can't tell if we're being serious or not. Um, Connor, there's a guy on on Facebook. Connor's commenting from the YouTube side. Uh, his name is his name is Brett Sonnenschein. So his last name is actually the German word for sunshine, but his initials are BS. So it is also fitting. There's your context. There it is. Yep. <laughs> we are usually serious, but we do like to mix in some humor once in a while. Because at the end of the day, Jake and Jake and I are just giant goofballs. Yeah, that's what we try to do. That's that's definitely true. Um, Moncada followed with a double down the left field line. That's a that's a tough that's a tough thing. Like a left-handed hitter dropping a ball on the left field line is tough. Um, uh, and then a high chopping ground out ended the inning. Or sorry, not ended the inning, tied the game, and then a, a fly out ended the seventh inning. Uh, both teams got some men on base in the eighth, and then went one, two, three in the ninth. Didn't score any runs in the eighth or ninth inning. Um. Top of the 10th, Victor Caratini lines out to the shortstop. That's a great work by Bryce Terang to dive back into second base and not turn that into a double play. Could have been a much worse situation. And then, um, oh, Connor said I was talking about my comment above about Twitter fans today. I I don't know about Twitter. Okay. Um, after that, um, pinch hitting Mark Canna, by the way. So credit to Craig Council for that. Yeah. For pinch hitting Mark Canna in this situation. Got to a 3 1 count, 
just missed the third baseline and then on a 3-2 count uh, gets the third baseline, makes it a double that makes the game 7-6. to six. Um, So bottom of the 10th inning, Abney Uribe comes in, he gets Grandel to fly out, and then throws 101-mile-an-hour fastball that moves like a two-seamer. It moved like Corbin Burns' cutter that is like seven miles an hour slower. Yeah. it It's ridiculous for Abner Uribe to throw a pitch 101 miles an hour that moves like 15 inches. That's this is just wrong. Wow. Since we were talking about minors earlier, did you see uh, Mizorowski start last night? Mm-hmm. Six innings, 12 Ks, dude. Oh, it's yeah. about to go down. Um, Tim Diller did call it on the broadcast that it was going to be on Pitching Ninja. That was so nasty. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about Abney Uribe when we do our rookie report in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, Uribe got a ground out. Uh, the runner did get to third base, but then got another ground out right to Uribe. He took the ball to first base himself to complete his first save. Nine of the 10 pitches that Abney Uribe threw in the 10th inning were 99 or faster. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brett said, I love the Willie's. I love Willie's play lately. I think the break helped him. Yeah. He took two days. He got two days off and kind of just a refresh. I mean, his play no, makes that true. So I would agree. That is true. Uh, okay. Um, Okay. Game two. Let's throw it to you from Saturday's game. Didn't go into extra innings. It didn't. So the, <laughs> that's that's the first thing. That's that's good. That's good, right? Uh, we were we were talking about the schedule uh, right before we got on here, and we think that's bullshit that we play three straight nine o'clock Dude, games. Yeah, that's which so is dumb. Super trash. I really wish they would just move them up an hour. Like, just make them eight o'clock. Should no move matter it up what. like six hours. I mean, that would be nice. I'm talking like regular start time. Like, you know, Midwest, we start at 7. You know, out East, they start at 6. Why not just make them all West start at 8? Make them all within two hours. I don't know why that's such a big deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm being, like, generally serious about that. Like, 9 o'clock is late as fuck over here, man. 9 o'clock here. It's not 9 o'clock there. Oh, I know. But I'm saying they could start an hour earlier. Um, Anyways. Local Brandon man Woodruff. yells at cloud. That's Jake right now. <laughs> uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, he was pretty damn good in this one. It is mm-hmm. very nice to go Burns, Woodruff, Peralta for the first time all season. Um, crazy good for our team. We're obviously going to get some really, really good pitching as this thing is going down to the wire. Uh, it's nice that we got a nice little cushion. I believe it's the biggest cushion the Brewers have had all season. So, uh, really, really happy about that. Brandon Woodruff was uh, six and one third, four hits, one walk, two earned runs, and five Ks. Give me that every five days, and I'm happy. One, uh, two earned runs and one walk. I mean, he only allowed five people on base in, in six and two thirds, six and a third. So, lovely stuff there. Hobie Milner did Hobie Milner things. Uh, Elvis Paguero did Elvis Paguero things. He only pitched a third of an inning, though. And Devin Williams was, like, just an all-star. Nasty. <laughs> he was an all-star. Three Ks again, back-to-back days with three Ks. That's just disgusting. Yeah. 
And Tyrone Taylor, uh, he had a, a two-run double in this one that proved to be massive as the Bruins won three to two. Contreras with another RBI. I mean, that guy just fucking delivers, dude. Like point blank mm-hmm. period. Uh, William Contreras is a big time player, all star. Uh, he's very good behind the plate. He's been he's gotten very good at pitch framing this season. And a little bit of part of me, like maybe my favorite part about him is his swag. First of all, I talked about that with with, with Wong, but Contreras has taken that title now. He was wearing a different color sleeves the one day, man. I like the little wrist thing. He always matches it with the jersey. And I'm like, bro, he looks fucking fly. <laughs> I love when he, like, barks at the umpires when he doesn't get a call. Like, when he's behind the plane, he, like, you know, he's – and he doesn't get a call, and he's just, like, shaking his head, and you can, like, see him getting all pissed off and, like, disgruntled. And it's just like, settle down, man. But I love the fire. I appreciate it, you know. But he's just a big-time player, and this win – was really good for the psyche of the team, in my opinion. I feel like it, it pushed them forward to be able to get that big-time game on Sunday. So you brought up William Contreras' pitch framing. I'm just going to call back to my bold prediction that he was going to go from 48th to top 24 and be ahead of his brother. I might not have gone bold enough. Like He's going to be top five in pitch framing this year. Yeah, he's like really fucking good at like, it. I was looking for like a 100% improvement and for him to go from 48th to 24th. But I mean, yeah. his his massive improvement in such a short period of time is really really credit to the Brewers coaching staff. Um Brett said Carlos smacking the ball. We'll get to that one. That's from last night's game. Curious what they'll do with Telez once he's back. The Brewers are going to take their sweet time with Telez. Craig Council said they're going to let him get right in the minors before they even think about bringing him back up. When they do, it'll probably be uh, – currently it's Abraham Toro, but it's going to be Blake Perkins once he's back from the injured list. Probably be the one sent down. Yeah. Um, he said, like, the Bucks in the playoffs, I'm going to be a zombie the next couple of days. That's and what I do too, bro. That's how it is. Like, I'll yeah. watch some of it, and then I'll watch the rest of it on the replay. That's that's how I, uh, I just how I get my notes for the show. I was an idiot and I would just stay up for the entire game and then only get like three hours of sleep. So I mean it's fine. It's whatever. All right. So game two, both teams are one, two, three in the first. Uh the Brewers did have two two all base runners in the second. Um Canna with a walk and Andre Monasterio with a nice opposite field single. Bottom of the, the second inning, the White Sox went one, two, three again. Top of the third, Christian Yelich had a one out single, and that was it. Uh bottom of the third. Lead-off double for the White Sox and a single made it one to nothing on the ground out. Um, Santana did keep the ball in the infield, so that did save a base. So that is worth bringing up. Um, a hit by pitch gave them first and second, still with one out. Woodruff followed with a 92 mile an hour fastball on Ben Attendi to strike him out, and then got Eloy Jimenez to fly out. So Brandon Woodruff did a much better job on Eloy Jimenez than Corbin Bird did the day before. Mm-hmm. Uh, top of the fourth, a one-out single by Willie Adamas was stranded at second base. Um, bottom of the fourth and the top of the fifth, both teams are one, two, three. Um, top of the sixth, Brewers got a couple more runners, no runs. It's it's tough. Just got to keep getting guys on base. It's really it's really what they need to do. It's eventually they'll come around. They just got to string them together. Is really what it is. Uh, bottom of the sixth, Moncada hit a solo home run, made it two to nothing. 
Top of the seventh, Andrew Monasterio had a single following a Mark Canna leadoff walk, just like the second inning, and then a deep, super deep flyout by Bryce Durang. Both runners advanced, and then Tyrone Taylor continuing his hot streak, ripped a double into left center field to tie the game at 2-2, two to two. got the starter out of the game for the White Sox. Um, James said I thought I was in the present live stream, but I was watching one of the old ones. Was it super weird? <laughs> hey. All I'm going to say about that is all the episodes are good. So enjoy whatever one you want. We're getting ready for the all-star break over at James's house. <laughs> it's it's week seven of the NFL season. <laughs> uh, 22 NFL. That's funny. That was funny. Okay. So bottom of the seventh, Brandon Woodruff did come back out, got a strikeout, gave up a walk, and then he was done at those 86 pitches. I think that is a fantastic progression in his return. Uh, Milner got the last two outs of the seventh and the first two outs of the eighth. Uh, Elvis Pagaro got Eloy Jimenez to ground out to end the eighth inning. And then the bottom of the ninth, Devin Williams went single, a swinging strikeout on a changeup, a swinging strikeout on a changeup, and a swinging strikeout on a changeup. Which one was my favorite? Was it the Probably swinging strikeout on the changeup? Probably the last one. Because you well, the, the, the last swinging strikeout on the changeup, yeah. Yeah, the last one because you saw the first two, you're like, bro, he's going to change up here, right? He's, he's got it. Nobody could touch it. No, that thing is unstoppable. Gave up a single on a fastball, and he's like, fuck this. I'm throwing nothing but change ups the rest of this appearance. <laughs> fuck this fastball. It's he like, probably did. He swears into his hat every time he like every time he starts. So I know he probably literally did say fuck this and just threw nothing but change ups. And was like, here you go. I'll do it, Joe Boy. Do it myself. <laughs> So, Devin Williams was nasty. Um, yeah. All right. So, what stood out to you from the um, the sweep securing – I don't know why that was so hard for me to get out. Sweep securing game three from the White Sox series. Uh, well, Carlos Santana with a power surge, cranking home runs. That was a nice home run. I went that one kind of snuck over the wall, but it was it was a windy day. The wind was blowing in from that direction, so he had he had to get a hold of that one. Could have been a two home run day in a normal city. True, true. Uh, Yelich added two home runs. I'm really hoping that he gets three more RBIs or two two RBIs. I two RBIs. Yeah, I, right. I hope he gets three more RBIs, and then we can. Have right, he's close. <laughs> and Marcano with an RBI, Monasterio with an RBI, Yelly. With his 25th stolen base, he's now top six in the NL in stolen bases. So, got that going for you. Santana, that was his 15th home run. And Freddie Peralta is just a fucking a cooking. Just yeah, a cooking, yeah. dude. Uh, I gave you the stats for the last three starts. He added to this one. And because he pitched on Sunday, the Brewers have a game coming up against the Texas Rangers on FS1, so nationally televised game uh, for all the people that cry about not wanting to buy Bally Sports. Um this one is going to be on FS1, and Freddie Peralta starting, and he's on fire, so that's a good thing for us. Peralta in this one, though, six innings pitch, four hits, zero earned runs, three walks, and six Ks. So he had seven base runners and worked through all that traffic to go up zero earned runs. That's yeah. craziness. Uh, the um, Brewers were up seven to zero at one point in this game, so that's just mm-hmm. about fucking time. <laughs> that's yeah. all I'm going to say about that. It's, I mean, we've had it at least one game every last week or the last three weeks where it's just like, we have one game where it's like, all right, cool. Like yeah. we got the, we got the one big game where it's like, all right, we don't have to sweat this one out. You know, yeah. 
Um, yeah. So got that going for us. Jesus is savior. I don't I don't know Jesus. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to pull up Christian Yelich on on Fangraphs to see what his value is at. Because I bet it's I bet it's good. Because last time I checked, he was like just over his twenty six point two that he's earning, and that was probably three weeks ago at this point, two weeks ago at this point, because it was right around the All Star break. So one last stat I'm gonna say: uh, the last time that the Brewers swept the White Sox was in nineteen eighty six. Both mm-hmm. teams were in the American League at that time, so. Good stuff by the Brewers. We went into their house. We took three wins. And then you know what the White Sox did? They beat the Cubs for us last night. They gave us three W's. Actually, they gave us four W's in a way, really. Because <laughs> they didn't allow the, the Cubs to gain any ground as the Brewers dropped one last night. Obviously, we'll get into that. Yeah. But uh, good stuff by the White Sox. Hopefully, they could take two more from them. I don't, are they playing a three-game series? I don't even know. Um, Not sure off the top of my head. See a lot of two game series this year. I feel like I don't know why. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of like two and twos because that's what the Brewers have with uh, the with the Twins coming up. Yeah, because they played two in Minnesota in June. Yeah, and it is and only, it is only a two game series. So they play they play tonight at seven oh five. So hopefully the White Sox can win that one. That'd be nice. Where the hell is the Cubs playing next? Let's look. Oh, neat. So you want to take a stab at what Christian Yelich's value is this season? Twenty-eight million. Thirty million. Thirty-one million. Thirty-one point one. He's worth thirty-one million dollars this year. Thirty-one point one million dollars this season is Christian Yelich's value. Who the fuck made this schedule, dude? The Cubs play the White Sox. Then they have three against the Royals and three against the Tigers and three, four against the Pirates. Their schedule in September is not nearly as favorable. Let's see. So, good for them. Reds, Giants, Diamondbacks. Rockies, Diamondbacks. Then they play the, I think they play the Dodgers and us to end their season. No, they play, they play Pirates and they play Rockies. Then they play Braves and then us. Oh, it's Braves and then the Braves is worse than the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. Brett said, I do think Andrew is very underappreciated. He's doing well at third base and providing a good bat. We're going to talk about Andrew Monasterio mm-hmm. um, with last night's game and just in general when we do our rookie report coming up here. Uh, he said, Chafin is providing us more value than all the players in the hater trade. It's, I don't know. Well, I don't know about that one. Um, he said, but yeah, Willie throwing heat. Two straight starts with 13 strikeouts and 8Ks. He meant Freddie. Uh, dominating. He pulled the Jake Net. He meant Freddie, but he pulled the Jake Net. <laughs> Unless he was talking about William Adams' defense, but I do think he meant Freddie. Because Willie Peralta has only one L. Yeah. Um, that's what I love about it. If he focuses and not overthinks, he's easily a one-two pitcher on another team. His current contract is a steal. His current contract is a steal. He's with the All Brewers right. through 2025. So that was a good job by David Stearns to lock him up soon. Agreed. Okay. So both teams are quiet in the first inning of game three. South Frelick led off the second with an opposite field single. Uh, Willie Adamas hit one off the hands to force a single in the center field. Uh, South Frelick, good work to get to third base. Uh, just good hustle by him. Yes. Uh, Mark Canna had a sack fly, made the game one to nothing. 
Uh, and then Andre Monastero grounded into a double play to end the inning. Uh, bottom of the second, Freddie Peralta got a pair of strikeouts. Bottom of the third, Freddie Peralta got three pop-ups. Um, Brian Anderson was doing a really good job of hyping up Freddie Peralta's changeup in this game, actually. Mm. Something that we've we've gotten to at times where like he's pitched well with the changeup, and then it got him into some trouble, and then he didn't really throw any for the rest of the game. Like I know yep. we've had at least two games where that's been the case. Like yep. first three innings, he's been like trying to work the changeup in, trying to get it to, you know to be part of his repertoire, and he gets into some base running trouble or some um, some base runner trouble, and they have to bring in you know, Chris Hook comes out, talks to him, and then he doesn't really throw more than a handful of change-ups for the rest of his appearance. Yeah, he just gives so, him the old fastball. Exactly. And, you know, Friday fastball, Friday curveball is just working that way. But yeah. for him to to effectively be using the change-up, it, we're seeing him progress to get even better as the season's going on. I agree. Which is fun to see. Uh, Tapu, we get to the top of the fifth inning. William Adamas led off with a walk. Mark Canna followed with a single. And then Andre Monasterio hit a double down the left field line. That made the game 2-0. to zero. Uh, The Brewers had second and third with nobody out. Two pop-ups. And then Christian Yelich followed up with a walk. Bases loaded for William Contreras. Uh, struck out basically three straight fastballs. Um, it's not going to happen often that William Contreras isn't going to come through in these situations for the Brewers. But he is human. Just... Throw that out there. Crazy. Contrary to popular belief, yeah. he's not just an RBI robot. Um, bottom of the sixth, Freddie Peralta back out, struck out Vaughn as part of a 1-2-3 inning. He was at 102 pitches to end his day. Just great, great work by Freddie Peralta. Mm-hmm. Um, top of the seventh, Mark Canna got his second hit, was a leadoff single. Bottom of the seventh, Abner Uribe came in. Gave up a leadoff walk, then got a three-pitch strikeout, and then a double play. So fantastic work by Abner Uribe uh, to, to get basically a 1-2-3 inning. Yep. Um, top of the eighth, Christian Yelich led off of the walk, stole second. William Contreras walk. Uh, both of them advanced on a wild pitch. And then with still zero, Santana got one to stay in the air long enough in the wind on a low pitch, too. We talked about it during the Brave series, how many fucking pitches Austin Riley hit that should not have been able to be hit for home runs. Still so stupid. <laughs> Carlos Santana did it to the White Sox. Put one over the fence. It could have been his second home run of the day because he hit one. You just mashed the ball, and it just got knocked out of the air by the wind uh, yeah. for a deep fly out to the warning track. Chafin got a one, two, three, eighth. Top of the ninth, Andre Monastero got hit by a pitch. Bryce Durang and Tyrone Taylor, or I should say Bryce Durang drew a walk, and then Tyrone Taylor got hit by a pitch also. Christian Yelich had an opposite field single. That made the game 7-0. to zero. Um, Bottom of the ninth, JT Mejia came in, gave up a leadoff walk. Runner advanced to second on a wild pitch. Um, a flyout, and Weimer, good throw, kept the runner at third base uh, to preserve the shutout, which is good. Um, and then it was... An RBI double made the game seven to one. An infield single, another single made the game seven to three. Uh, and then Andre Monastero made a good snag on a liner for the third out. As Jake mentioned, the first sweep of the White Sox since 1986 was the Brewers' sixth sweep of 2023. They only had four all of last season, and there's still like 40 games to go. So, so opportunity for more sweeps for the Brewers, and they already have two more than they did last year. So the two gamers count as a sweep. 
Right. So I could I could see us getting number seven pretty soon here. That's that's fair. Um, I I don't know. I think it does. It. I mean, it should. I mean, it's a two game series, so like it should. I mean, we, we lost both games to the Twins. I'm sure they counted that as a sweep. Earlier, that's, yeah, that's possible. Um, Brett said it felt good, especially even when the Cubs lost to them yesterday. That's what Jake was saying with basically the White Bro. Sox giving us four W's by letting yeah. us have three and then also giving a middle. Taking them from the Cubs, I'm like, oh, I love you so much right now, White Sox. <laughs> okay, so what stood out to you from last night's game besides the fact that the first five innings went by in like 49 minutes? Man, uh, that game went so fast, like everybody's swinging at the first pitch. Adrian Hauser was. Fucking dealing to start this game, man. Um, he had the one inning where he got hurt, and we'll go over that. But uh, Hauser was – he only gave up three earned runs solid. and five and a third. Like, that's – Still solid. Yeah, that's still good. Only five base runners total, so you can't complain about that in five and a third, right? Yeah, I have no and, complaints about Hauser last night. And the six Ks. Also, he was on Pitching Ninja because he was dotting with the sinker, dude. And his sliders too, dude. He was he was in his bag last night. Yeah, he was. Um, just didn't get the run support that he needed. Obviously, it is yeah. what it is. The Brewers only had two hits total. That happens, man. He's a low. Yeah, we're we're playing a lot. Of, we're get we're getting to the end of the dog days of summer here. Um, as I brought it up when the dog days started and in the middle, now I'm gonna bring it up at the end. Now we're getting into playoff push time. Yep. And getting close playoff to push time summer. is. Crazy. Um, the pressure that these players feel is just insurmountable. You know, it's it's massive. It's heavy. Um, put, a, put a pin in that, and let's come back to that when we transition to our rookie report, because I think okay. that's a good thing to bring up to, okay. to come back to. So let's put a pin in that and come back to it. Got you. Um, Mejia pitching this game. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. Nope. Not Mejia. That was the day before. That was Hobie Miller. Yep. Uh, Hobie Milner, he got knocked around a little bit. It happens. Again, I'm going to echo Tyler. He is human. It, it's okay. Um, he has one you're bad outing. Keep yourself out of my notebook. <laughs> um, the next, like, eight to ten outings that Hobie Milner has, he's going to get people out. I can almost I'll, I'll throw you a stat. Like, do you want it now or should I wait? Yeah, just say it now. He's given up five earned runs since the start of June. I – already knew that and I didn't even know the exact date. Like I watch I watch every single brewer game, whether it be on replay or whether it be live. Hobie Milner is tremendous. Yeah. Um he's he's the he'd be the man on top of the trophy for our underrated performer. We gotta like, have the reason like, we do underrated performers though. on all of our segments. Yeah like, like mid pitch just like all the way to the ground. Yeah um, just, just that left arm just way out here. <laughs> just yep. no that's reason cool. for any of that, by the way. The Hobie um, Milner Underrated Performer Award. That's what that would be. We should just start calling it that, dude. Uh, dude, I'm down for it. The Hobie Milner Perform Underrated Performer segment. I just had a random idea. We should just do a fucking underrated uh, a Hobie Milner Underrated Performer of the Year award for each team. Dude, I'm fucking down. We can do like an award show at the end of the year. Bro. Here you go. Everybody dude, play, the line. Do, do like a little light show, just, bro. We're just out here. <laughs> Put a picture up there. Content in the middle of shows. Don't <laughs> mind us. This is what this is what our meetings look like, people. So now now you're in the meeting. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that idea popped in my head, and I thought it was fantastic. Little so little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> um, Carlos Santana absolutely destroyed a baseball last night. Yeah, he just did. 
destroyed a baseball. Um, just killed it. Bryce Wilson, uh, I agree with all your points. Uh, those are very good. Uh, eating up two and a third innings pitch, uh, giving up two hits and having two Ks. So tremendous stuff from him. It's one loss. It happens. We go against Clayton Kershaw tonight. Uh, we have Wade Miley on the bump. So we'll see what happens. The, Brewer, the Brewers can knock around. Uh, I wish we were getting Woodruff first Kershaw again because that's a legendary matchup in Brewers history. But uh, And I wish Woodruff could get in that bat. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, hopefully we can steal the next two games and then go on to Texas. That's where my mind's at. A 3 and one week is what we both called. Yeah, so looking at it, um, yeah, Obi Miller, it, it is what it is. And same with Andre Monasterio. He's also human. Like, I'll, I'll, we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. So, top of the first, Christian Yelich led off with a single. William Contreras got walked. Christian Yelich got to third on a Santana flyout and then scored on South Relics. Um, Fielder's choice made the game one to zero. Seeing the – did you see the pitch that Sal Freelich made contact on? No, I did not. Like, dude, the ball almost hit the ground. That's how low it was. And Sal Freelich still put a bat on the ball. I mean, his face is pretty low to the ground. He's not a very tall human being. so That's, that's true. You're not striking out Sal Freelich low very often. <laughs> yeah. Um, Adrian Helzer did get one, two, three innings in both the first and the second innings. Uh, two strikeouts in the second inning, one looking, one strike – or uh, one swinging. I don't, I don't know. I think it was three and three out of his six strikeouts. That was three looking and three swinging. I like it. Like, I think he got Muncy looking twice. And, like, the dude just, like, basically get to a point where, like, you just throw your hands in the air because, like, you can't, like you said, dotting pitches, like, right at the knees. Yeah. What are you doing with that? Beating it into the ground. That's, that's your best option. I think my favorite strikeouts are the looking ones when you fool somebody. Those are the best to watch. You're like, ha, I like it when like you, you paint one like right on the corner, and like the guy doesn't even argue; he just walks straight to the dugout. Yeah, that those are good too. That's like a like a sign of respect. Like shit, that was good. <laughs> right, and that's that's the difference between the minors and the majors, man. These guys up in the majors can do that like almost on a consistent basis. It's yeah. crazy. Um, top of the third inning, Christian Yelich did get down into an 0-2 count. Uh, he did ground out in the at-bat, but I want to give credit to Christian Yelich for working back to 3-2, uh, just working counts like that. I do think that that is something that is contagious mm-hmm. with the Brewers. I, I want to look this up now that I'm thinking about it um, to see if the Brewers are striking out less since the All-Star break because I do think that with the additions of Mark Canna and Carlos Santana, the call-up of Sal Freelich, I do think the Brewers are taking more pitches um Bryce Terang's kind of his his improvement since being called back up I do feel that everybody is striking out less and putting the ball in play more so I do want to look out uh the strikeout numbers um before and after the all-star break because I do feel that it's rubbing off on everybody uh the contagiousness of not striking out they are putting together a lot more at bats um the batting averages uh, across the board are higher um, I have all the rookie batting averages, and they look beautiful for this month. Yeah. So, bottom of the third, another one, two, three inning. So, Adrian Hauser started this game nine up, nine down. That helps make the game go faster. Um, bottom of the fourth, the Dodgers did get their first base runner and their second on two infield singles. 
But Adrian Hauser got a pop-up, struck out Muncie looking, and J.D. Martinez looking. I wanted J.D. Martinez so bad in the offseason. So mad. Um, so, bottom of the fifth, a single and a double to start the inning. Hauser got a strikeout. Then there was an RBI ground out that made the game one-to-one. Um, and then a fly out to end that inning. Uh, top of the fifth and top of the sixth, the Brewers went one, two, three. Bottom of the sixth, a one-out reached on error, an Andre Monasterio high throw. Um, and then just this reminded me, the rest of this inning reminded me of the Blue Jays game mm-hmm. that Hauser had. You know, he had just the one bad outing against the Blue Jays that I didn't feel was actually that bad of an outing because mm-hmm. he got all the ground balls he needed. They just were a foot away from all of the infielders. Like Bryce Terang dove on the ground like six times yesterday and he made contact with like one ball. Yeah. Like everything was just out of the reach of the infield. So I'm not super mad about it. I'm also not blaming the loss on Andre Monasterio's error. There's nothing to say that the Dodgers still don't score four runs instead of five the rest of that inning and win five to two instead of six to two. Um, like obviously there's you know there's the thought that if they get that out, then they get the last out, and then it's you know it's still two to one, but or uh, one to one and they could win two to one, but it, it is what it is. I don't think Adrian Hauser had a bad start by any stretch of the imagination. No, not at all. Uh, basically, three earned runs again in five and a third innings. I mean, if, if Hauser's given up three earned runs, he's giving you a chance to win. Yeah, and that's all you can ask for. Exactly. Um, mentioned already, Hobie Miller being, being human. It is what it is. Um, just a bunch of singles, just death by singles. Yeah. Uh, Santana, his solo home run that you mentioned that he mashed is the longest home run of the season now for the Brewers. That was 442 feet. So he now holds the record by two feet for the Brewers this season. And then, like I mentioned before, with making him my underrated performer, Bryce Wilson absorbing two and a third innings. So the Brewers didn't have to use any other relief pitchers in this game when they have five super tough games coming up. Yep. So looking at what's coming up next for the Brewers, they have two more against the Dodgers. Jake already mentioned uh, the matchups for tonight with Kershaw and Wade Miley. And then tomorrow, Lance Lynn and Corbin Burns. Then they have three at Texas, and then they're back home with two against Minnesota. So we're looking at seven games for next week. What are you thinking for a record prediction? I don't want to sound like a homer. I'm going to try to keep it real. But having a big three back, Knowing what knowing what we can and should get out of a Wade Miley, he's just mm-hmm. such a such a change from the other three. And then Adrian Hauser's been tremendous. I mean, honestly, tremendous. Even Vinny was on here on Monday night talking about it, and we were mm-hmm. both just like, "Thank you." I'm gonna go, and this is I'm gonna I'm saying we're stealing the next two from LA, so that's two. I'm saying we're probably losing two to the. Texas Rangers, and we'll take two. I'm. I'll go five and two. I'll go five and two. If if Vegas set the over under for this week at four and a half, like I'd be so torn. Yeah, it'd be it'd be the perfect thing to set it at because Wade Miley's going to give the Brewers a chance tonight. Yeah, and that's where it's super tough. Like whatever you wanted to say, if you said the Brewers are going to lose tonight to the Dodgers, I'd be like, all right, Kershaw's on the mound. Like it is what it is. No. If you said the Brewers are going to win tonight because they have Wade Miley on the mound and he's frustrating pitcher, frustrating hitters with with the pitch clock now and how he's working it, I'd also agree with you. But 
I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna be happy if the Brewers go four and three in this stretch. Yeah, me too. I was fighting it, man. You were you were hit the nail on the head with the four and a half because I was like four or five. I don't know. I'll just say five and two. My heart says five and two. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's why we do like with a lot of our stuff we do head and heart predictions. Yeah. Um, like like my heart says five and two, but like for the week, like my head feels like four and three. Yeah. So it. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a four and three week. If we go from Chicago to everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. L.A. to Texas in a nine-game, like, stretch and go five and four, knowing that six of them are against, like, first-place level teams. There's worse places you can be. Agreed. And then just win the two against Minnesota at home, and you're and you're back off to a a good stretch after that. We play the Cubs coming up. Those are going to be some big time games. Yep, going to need some W's there in Craig Timber. <laughs> All right, you ready to do? You ready to do some rookie report? I think there's going to be some really good stuff in here. Yeah, I, I I'm ready. I wrote down a lot of numbers. Uh, been a long time since I wrote down so many numbers. I know I got a full I got a full page of of just like I went with, I went to try to find niche stats so like yeah. I wanted to make sure that I got some stuff that was going to be something that maybe people wouldn't go and look up for themselves but may be interested to know is what I tried to get with my stats for my rookies. Yeah, I just went month by month. I got the slashes, I got the runs, doubles, uh if they had a triple, home runs, RBIs, walks, strikeouts and stolen bases. So I mean, I was just out here with hand cramps. All right, so we have we have <laughs> five position players and two pitchers. So let's start with the pitcher. Let's do the pitchers first. Yeah, yeah um, knock those start. guys out, and then and then we'll talk about some position players. So let's start alphabetically. Let's go Abner Uribe, uh, alphabetical by first name, I suppose. Abner <laughs> Uribe, um, what's what are you thinking with Abner Uribe so far in his rookie season? So he's still raw, right? Uh, Thirteen total games for him. In July, he he pitched six. He had six and two-thirds. He gave up five hit, one earned run, four walks, and eight strikeouts. But the thing that you saw was he has the stuff, right? You ob- Obviously, we've all seen the fastball. Okay, he's, nope. he's getting very good with the slider, uh, especially against the lefties and kind of placing that like right underneath the zone. So you're seeing you're seeing that, that slider that's, you know, 11 miles an hour. 12 miles an hour slower than this fastball. And then he's just pumping you with 101, 102, and you just – you stand no chance with that, especially yeah. when, like you pointed out, it moves like Corbin Burns' cutter. You, you, you're just – you're screwed in that situation, right? So he had a 135 ERA in July and a 227 opponent batting average. So then you get to August. I have these stats updated bef- right before last night's game, by the way. Um, so right after the White Sox series. So in August, he had seven ga- seven innings, 7.2 innings. Sorry, I'm just getting crossed up here because this writing is so freaking tiny. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I hate this. Um, yeah, he's giving up yourself. three hits. 
<laughs> one earned run, two walks, seven Ks. So he had a 1.35 ERA in July, a 1.17 ERA in August, and a 1.25 batting average so far in the month of August. So you see that he's gaining more confidence with his pitches. Being around these major leaguers is definitely helping him uh, hone in on his skills. So going from a 227 to a 125 batting average in mere games is impressive to me. And that's the thing that I'm going to take away from this is he looks like he's executing his pitches better. And that's a dangerous thing when you throw 102. Mm -hmm. So for me, looking at Abner Uribe, he's a guy that I didn't even think was going to like hit the major league roster until 2024. Right. So that's the first thing that, that I have with Abner Uribe. You mm -hmm. mentioned the 13 appearances and the 14 innings and change. Mm -hmm. uh, 15 strikeouts and only six walks. That's a pretty good ratio for a guy whose problem was going to be command. Agreed. And then with Abner Uribe, this is just a super fun stat. He has thrown more 100-plus mile-an-hour pitches so far this season. He's got 36 of them, by the way. Oh, wow. More 100-plus mile-an-hour pitches than every other Brewers pitcher combined since StatCast started in 2008. Oh, my. Oh, my. Wow. All right. We're, we're starting out hot. <laughs> oh man so abby Rebe is just out there throwing just straight gas yeah he gives you the gas sheesh so i like it very pleased with abby Rebe so far this season i like it all right let's move on to the other rookie guy out in the bullpen elvis paguero what's standing out from elvis paguero for you so far so paguero has been very good um mm -hmm. we got we got him in the in the trade obviously and in that, oh, man, just so many good trades in the offseason, so many underrated moves from, from yeah, the Brewers. Um, just, just tremendous stuff. And Piguero has been so good that he's now part of the law firm. And yeah. we love the law firm, right? His name is also Elvis. So, I mean, this guy's just like double awesome. We have an Elvis in a law firm. It's just amazing. Um, April, he was very good. Uh, only pitched three games, had a 3.38 ERA, a 2.73 opponent batting average. You're like, all right. You know, you see this guy, he gives up two earned runs, has 4K, six hits. You're like, all right, what do we got in this guy? Right? We just get him from this trade. He's fresh. He's new. Mm -hmm. Then you get to May. He pitches in nine games, 11 innings, 10Ks, a 3.18 ERA, and a 1.71 opponent batting average. Now you're looking at this guy and you're like, all right, this guy's got mid to, mid to upper 90s. He's got a really good slider. Um, uh, for, a little, little foreshadow for you. A lot of Brewers pitchers have good sliders out of the bullpen. So I'm just going to say that. Uh, Piamps with the best one, by the way. That mm -hmm. slider is fucking gross. <laughs> so gross. Uh, you get to June. He gets the ERA just above two. And he still has the, he has the opponent batting average at 217, so a little bit higher than May. But in June is when everybody started really being believers, in my opinion. He pitched in 16 games during that month, 13 innings, gave up 10 hits, 12 Ks, and six walks. So two to one. And he ended our uh, season that month, too. He what? And he ended our season that month, too, by allowing L.A. De La Cruz to steal home plate. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Um, so I guess know. I shouldn't just mention the next two months of games that he played, but <laughs> yeah, season was over two months ago. I'm gonna do it anyways. <laughs> July was a little rough. He had a six three nine ERA. He had, he had a couple bad outings, uh, nine earned runs and twelve and two th two thirds innings pitched. 
And then in August, six games, right? He's been been all right. He get, he did give up three earned runs in those five innings pitch, so it's kind of ballooning his ERA, but still only giving up a 238 opponent batting average. I trust him to get it right. Uh, there's no way that this this is the trend that's it's just going to go up. I believe he's going to come back down to earth and, you know, be the Elvis Paguero that we come to know and love. So I like Paguero, obviously, rookie. That's why he's on the rookie report. So I yep. feel like the future is bright for him. Um, maybe just get a third pitch and he could actually be a really good setup man in the future for Abner Uribe. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're looking at a position where um, the Brewers could potentially have for a solid amount of the future, uh, Paguero, Piams, Uribe, and Williams, like Abner yeah. Uribe might might uh, insert himself into the law firm. He's uh, studying law currently so he can join the law firm. <laughs> he brings the heat. So for me, Elvis Figueroa, what I looked at was his small, this is not a super small sample size, but uh, a somewhat small sample size, small enough that he didn't meet the requirements to not be eligible to be a rookie. So he is still a rookie, even though he did have 19 and two thirds innings uh, pitched with the Angels in Major League Baseball. The the rookie threshold is 35 innings pitched. Hmm. So that's how Peter Strzelecki was able to pitch a bunch of games last year for the Brewers, but still be classified as a rookie this year. Same reason that Garrett Mitchell played a bunch of games last year, but is still classified as a rookie for this year. You have to meet a certain threshold of innings played and games played to so will, not be considered a rookie anymore. So will he be a rookie next year too? Garrett Mitchell? Yeah. I don't know what injuries do. Like, I don't know if he'll still be eligible as a rookie, oh. but he it's possible. He got hurt pretty fucking early. Yeah. I don't remember the date, but he got hurt pretty early. Yeah. So, Elvis Paguero, what I looked at was how he was doing with the Angels in the major leagues last year and the year before compared to how he's doing with the Brewers this year, just to see the progression and the improvement that Elvis Paguero has made. Mm-hmm. So, in 19 and two-thirds innings pitch with the Angels, he had a 9.15 ERA, a 1.5 strikeout-to-walk ratio, a 1932 whip, a 1.932 whip, which is very high, and an ERA plus of 46. 100 is average. His was 46. And the Brewers pitching lab was just like, give him here. We'll fix him. And fix him they did. So in 43 and a third innings pitch with the Brewers, he has a 391 ERA. 2.28 strikeouts per walk, a 12.21 whip, and a 110 ERA plus. Hmm. So he's much better with us. Very, very much better with us. I like it. Now we talk about his fastball. He throws a sinking fastball. His sinker on average moves vertically. 28% more than the league average. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Yeah. So he throws a sinker with a ton of movement. And like you said, the Brewers the Brewers did a number on Elvis Paguero. Uh, and he's been very reliable, I would say, is what you would expect out of a rookie who was basically a throw-in in the Hunter Renfro trade. Mm-hmm, right. All right. He ready to talk some position players. Yeah, I think uh, just thinking out loud here, we should do Frelick and Perkins first since we kind of don't have a lot of 
games played for them, and then we'll get into the, you know, the Monasterios, the Weemers, and the Terangs. I feel like we'll have more context on them. I don't know how you feel. That's fine. I would think we go around the horn, like around the baseball diamond, but we oh, can do it. Uh, that makes sense too. <laughs> how do you have it in your notes? Let's do it how we have it in your notes, just so we well, can make it easy for you. I started with Terang. That's okay. the first guy I did. Let's start with Bryce Terang, because I also <laughs> did Terang because you sent me your notes. So I'm like, all right, I'll do that so that ours are in the same order. <laughs> okay. I'm a nice guy like that. So let's start I, with Bryce Terang. So what is I, standing out to you with Bryce Terang so far in his rookie season? Well, we always talk about how good his defense is, and his fielding percentage is 994. So, I mean, that's pretty damn good for a rookie. Um, only has a couple errors in the season. Nope. And they only got one. They rescinded the other one. Oh, so he's backed onto one error for the season. One error. That's that is impressive. So yep. I'm just gonna go over the major numbers here. So he had a 208 batting average in April, uh, scored eight runs, had a couple home runs, five walks to 24 strikeouts. Not a great ratio, right? He's young, right. You let him grow. In May, he had a, a 205 average. He hit a couple doubles, he scored eight runs again, hit another home run again. He had five walks again and 24 strikeouts or 21 strikeouts. So he went down three strikeouts and you're like, okay, maybe he's coming around. Then you get to June and June was a real struggle bus for my man. Obviously he got sent down to triple a, uh, he had a 182 batting average, um, zero runs scored in June. He did hit two doubles and a triple. So he had four hits total, two Three doubles and a triple. Races. So when he hit him, he hit him. <laughs> um, he had four strikeouts and one walk. So obviously, he only had 22 at-bats. So um, he went down there, and then he came – He in July, he had 15 – he was 15 to 72. So he had a 208 average. He had a couple doubles, had another triple, home run. He had 13 walks and 15 strikeouts. And then people are starting to be like, okay, it's a little bit more even. I'm with that. Mm-hmm. And he's still continuing the great defense. He's starting to work counts a little bit more. And he's starting to look like a major league baseball player, in my opinion. Every so home run he has to go to the second deck. Yeah, every home run. Um, then you get into August. And so far, he has a 282 average. He scored nine runs and 39 at-bats. It's a pretty good average. Two home runs, seven RBIs. He has six walks and five strikeouts. So now he's above the threshold, correct? He has an 814 OPS, a 436 slug, and a 378 on base percentage. We get those numbers from Bryce Terang for a season. Damn. All star. Damn. That's he, yeah, that's awesome. Literally the growth. And I was like, I was just staring at like three things. I was staring at batting average, which like it's tough, you know, because take what you want from batting average, right? Then I was staring at you know, the run scored because if you're getting on base and you're scoring runs, you're helping the team, right? Then I'm looking at strikeouts to walk ratio. That That's one of the biggest ones that me and you both point out. Yep. So for him to go from 24 strikeouts to five walks and now have more walks and strikeouts this month so far, yeah, I'm loving the growth of Bryce Terrain. Absolutely. That's a great call. Um, so I looked at Bryce Terrain post-All-Star break. That's when he got his call back up. Um, so post all-star break, Bryce Terang is slashing 241, 347, 361. Okay. 
How many years did we spend begging for Orlando Arcia to just be a 240 hitter with his defense? Um, till we traded him. Bryce Terang has committed one error in 78 games. It's pretty good. Orlando Arcia has committed seven errors in 97 games. Damn. Bryce Terang would have to commit six errors in the next 19 games to match Arcia's error count this year. And we're basically getting what we wanted from Arcia when he was here. And don't give me that bullshit of, oh, Arcia's an all-star now. He's got more lineup protection than anybody in Major League Baseball. Dude, seriously, who the hell? You put me up there. I might be able to get a hit. I'm I'm comparing Milwaukee Orlando Arcia to Milwaukee Bryce Terang. That's fair. We are getting better hitting and better defense than Orlando Arcia is currently playing. That's fair. I like it. So I threw that out there. Um, looking at defensive runs saved this season, Bryce Durang has six. Orlando Arcia has two. Ooh. So we're getting better defense and we're getting better hitting than we got from Arcia when he was here. Agreed. So if if people are all mad and bent out of shape that we didn't keep Arcia, we have a better version of him than we had from Arcia when he was here. I like that comparison. I'm okay with it. Okay. So. Why don't you start the next one? <laughs> the next one that I have, I have Andre Monasterio next. Me too. Okay. We'll do Andre Monasterio next. Now, people are mad at him because he's had two errors that are in the forefront of mind, one being against Washington, one being last night, those being in somewhat recent memory. Mm-hmm. But he's committed four errors total in 53 games this season. Yeah. Uh, he's one fine. error every 13 games. That's not that big of a deal. Especially for the hitting he's giving us, really. Oh, just wait. I got some hitting numbers for you that you're going to like. <laughs> All right. So, for a guy who I don't think anybody even had remotely near their radar for a guy who was going to help the Brewers in 2023, much less as much as he had, I think he can be cut some slack. Agreed. Now, Andre Monasterio is batting 286 since the All-Star break, so I will <laughs> take that. Bill! Um, Bill's in the comments, oh, bro! Oh, he's alive! <laughs> Um, all right, you ready for two very, very um, good stats that you'll appreciate about Andre Monasterio? Yeah, I just moved to the edge of my seat for you. Cool. Uh, Andre Monasterio is batting 297 with runners in scoring position. Yes. And then versus left-handed pitching. Oh, this is going to be a good one. Andre Monasterio is batting 341 oh, wow. against lefties. All right. We've been begging for left-handed hitting, left-handed pitching, hitting players. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Andrew Monasterio is doing the damn thing. A uh-huh. 341 average and a 926 OPS versus lefties. Nice, nice. Andrew Monasterio is mashing against lefties. I like it. I like it a lot. Bill, we're glad you're back. Yes. Um Sorry to hear you had a, a rough go for a while, but uh, you're tough as nails. I already know that. I've never even met you, but I know you're a tough guy. You're a smart guy. Glad to have you back in the comments, man. Um, yeah. 
My Andrew Monasterio, you want me to go? Or you, yeah, you go ahead. Go? Let's talk about Andrew Monasterio some more. Andrew Monasterio. So I like how the spelling of that Andrew is, by the way. I feel like that should be the true spelling of Andrew. Uh, I don't know why that's like a point, but definitely should be. My middle name um, is Andrew. His name is Andrew. Okay, that's fair. And I knew that about you, by the way. Um, and you still said what you said. See how I it is. That that's how I feel, man. I I can't. When, when I see you tomorrow, we're fighting. So <laughs> that's fine. We're gonna have to fight in the in the smoke and blaze of some fires. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> Andrew Monasterio bet he came up in June. He was yep. betting two hundred five, uh, eight for thirty nine. He scored eight runs, two doubles, got his first career home run, four RBIs, um, had six walks and only ten strikeouts. So really, only the, the ten strikeouts is really not that bad. So he's not giving bad. you quality at bats, right? Yeah. Then you get to July. This man was betting 329 for an entire month. That's just we probably didn't talk about that enough, to be fair. As much yeah, as we talked about Owen uh, Miller in the month of May, we, we probably should have talked more about Andre Monasterio in July, to be honest. If if we were playing Brewers Roulette and you would have told me that it's gonna land on Andrew Monasterio to bat 329 in the in the middle of the fucking season, I would have said you're an idiot. <laughs> Especially if you did it before the season. For real, right? Um, like Andrew, who? Yeah, I don't even know who that guy is, but he has a great smile and he batting three twenty nine. That, that is something line. we did notice. We did bring that up when he first came up. Like he still just looks happy to be here. Yeah, love that guy. Always a great attitude. Appreciate that about him for real. Um, so three twenty nine average. He would he had a three ninety on base percentage, a four fourteen slug. Hail Milwaukee. And an 804 OPS. Every time I see a 414, I always think I'm like, nice. so fitting. So fitting. Um, and also in July, he came up with one badass hit celebration that has become the hit celebration for the entire team. Yep. Love yep. the record scratch. Uh, he seems to be bringing the fun to the team. Uh, obviously a great attitude. So he seems just like a great locker room guy. And those are the kind of people that you cheer for, right? I was just going to say, like you said, great locker room guy. Like looking at on the field and like in the the dugout, like how mm-hmm. do you feel about Andre Monasterio calling him a glue guy? I'm completely okay with it. I mean, everybody took his celly. Yeah, I like uh, I like that he kind of had a thing with with Weimer for a little bit about the celly. Weimer would give him some looks, and he's like always is pointing at Weimer, like you know, <laughs> the two well, young guys just going at it. I would love to be a fly ball. This out there on the subject of calling him a glue guy, like he's also held the team together in like injury situations. Yeah. When Brian Anderson, like he's really held it together, literally like glue. And he plays multiple positions as well. You know, when Terang went down, he's able to play second base. He's able to play third base. I mean, just spread him around like a glue stick. (laughs) I'm with it. Andrew Monasterio glue guy. Got it. Put Andrew Monasterio's face on a glue stick. See what happens. <laughs> this is no longer Elmer's glue. This is Andrew's glue. <laughs> Andrew's glue. Uh, throw a Brewers logo on there and we're good to go. Uh, it's going to be the weirdest graphic that nobody's going to understand unless they watch this no, show. Nobody. <laughs> Just post um, it on the page and watch people be like, you know what the hell is this? I don't, I don't agree with that, though. There's going to be some smart people that understand that we're calling him a glue guy. There will be people that get it. We'll, we'll um, see. I'll, I'll make it. We'll see what happens. People will get it. Um, in August, he has a 279 average, five walks and eight strikeouts. In the month of July, he had 14 strikeouts and seven walks. So, I mean, he's not striking out a bunch. He's still getting on base a whole bunch. 
He scored 11 runs in July, eight runs in August, uh, two home runs in August that were both game tires, by the way. So yep. two massive home runs in this month. He doesn't steal the steal bases a lot, but he he has good speed when he is on base. Mm-hmm. Um, just he's just been fun to watch. That's how I'll say it. All right, so we have we have three outfielders left to talk about. We have Joey Weimer, Sal Freelich, and Blake Perkins. I kind of want to do Blake Perkins next because I have so many fun things to say about Joey Weimer and Sal Freelich. So I say we do, I say we do Perkins, then Weimer, then Freelich. It just has to happen. I'm I'm perfectly down for that. We can end and the end the show with one of these. Yeah, we can end the show. Yep. I'm down. I'm super I'm down. So happy we to do that, dude. Oh all right. Let's let's talk about Blake Perkins. Do you want me to go first again or do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. You go first. Take it away, buddy. Okay, so Blake Perkins really has been bottom line, been a really good fill in with mm-hmm. with some big batting moments. He's got two walk offs. Um and looking at him, he is batting 263 with runners in scoring position. So right. that's that's above. I think the league average is somewhere in like like the two forty five range. I want to say it was like two forty two forty two last time I looked. So it's somewhere in that range. So mm-hmm. I'm I will confidently say he's above league average at two sixty three. I'm with it. Um, and he also I'll I'll throw this out there. He's batting two fifty six with two outs. Oh, so when we talk about stringing hits together, um, uh, for him to be to have a ha- a higher batting average with two outs than he does on the season as a whole. Like, I will take that. Um, and it is a small sample size, but he is three for six with a 500 batting average uh, with the bases loaded. All right. Including that recent walk-off on that single that he had to right field. Yeah. Now, he is tied. This is the last thing I'm going to say about Blake Perkins because it is such a, a shocking stat. Because he's like, he's an average defender as far as like range goes and fielding mm-hmm. percentage. But when you look at defensive runs saved, now his arm also factors into this. He's tied for eighth in the entire National League. What? In defensive runs saved. Now, dude, just listen to this. He's only played 323 innings. Okay. Everybody above him has played over 500 innings. Oh, my. Fernando Tatis leads it, and he's played like 800 innings. Wow. So we're talking like <laughs> him being in this situation, it's incredible what Blake Perkins has done in limited time. Wow. I was I was shocked to learn that honestly when I saw that he's got like basically average defensive numbers and then just a, a DRS that is just top ten in the national league. Joey Weimer's wow. the way. Joey Weimer's what? 11th. Oh, wow. Um, so you add, you take the defense, right? That Tyler's talking about. I'm just going to use it as my transition. And then you add in that this guy's a switch hitter. So you can put him anywhere in the lineup. Touche. He's super fast, dude. If we could, if we could pick a pinch runner uh, in the 10th inning for, for every, every inning, it would be Blake Perkins right now because Garrett Mitchell is hurt, but both are very fast. Um, in the month of June, he was batting 288. He came out of the gates. He was on freaking fire. Um, a double, two home runs, 11 RBIs, five walks, and 15 strikeouts. It's kind of eh. Um, then you get to get to July, eight eight for 49. That's a 163 average. So he had a really big time slump. But 
going to happen to these guys, right? The, these guys are going to take their lumps. Pitchers are going to learn where they like to hit it. And, you know, managers are going to learn where they like to hit it too, and they're going to change their defensive positioning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a big-time slump, but he still always had the defense, still always had the speed. And the, all these young guys, man, if there's one thing I could take away, they all have really good attitudes about even even when they're in slumps. They don't really look like they're they're pressing up there. I mean – Obviously, Terang was was going through it a little bit, and he got sent down. But now, now he righted the ship, right? So, all yeah. these young guys—they got speed, they got defense. So, those yeah. are the the two stepping stones that you you can you can step on for sure with these two young with the, all these young guys, right? Um, and if they if they, they all average two fifty and give me that defense, we're gonna let a lot of fucking ball games, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Jackson Churio looks like the part. So that guy, that guy's hitting like two, 290, and he's going to be a 35 to 40 home run guy. I'm not even shitting you. He just looks like that kind of guy, right? Joey Weimer can blossom into a 30-30 guy, I believe. That's really what I believe. He has the speed for it. He's going to give you great defense. Um, it's, it's within the realm of possibility. Bryce Terang, he's not going to give you a ton of home runs. But if he, if he can give me 270, I'm only asking for 270. I'm not asking okay, like, you to hit, hit even even like even if he gives you 260, 15 home runs and 20 stolen bases, right? For a dude is going to play Gold Glove level defense, right? That's what I'm saying, right? Just give me give me 270 and Sal Frelick, man. That guy is a 300 fucking hitter. We're going to get to him in a second. Yeah, <laughs> that guy's a 300 hitter. Okay, if I've ever fucking seen one, he was born to hit a baseball at a 300 percentage. <laughs> so. Last thing I'll say about Perkins is obviously he's hurt right now, as you brought up. But yeah, um, I I like Blake Perkins. I hope that he he finds finds his niche on this team. He could play multi, um, all over the outfield, and he bats from both sides of the plate. So the value there is uh, is high if he can figure it out. Yeah, good call on the switch hitting. All right, let's talk. Let's talk about Joey Weimer. Like we have Joey Weimer and Sal Freelick left, and I have so many things I want to say about these two. Um, do you want to go first for, for Weimer and I'll go first for Frelick so you can end the show on the, on the Frelick Italian I'm celebration. I'm with it. And we both have to do it. It only feels right. <laughs> um, again, I'm going to pat your back for calling this. Not exactly all the names that you probably would have thought of, but calling up that there was going to be a ton of rookies on this team producing this season is that is some crystal ball shit by you. So <laughs> impressive stuff by you, my man. So when you start with Joey Weimer, what's the first thing that you notice? He's big and he has great hair. And I don't care if that sounds weird to anybody else, but this guy's got a good good head of lettuce, right? Jake's Jake's a hair flow guy. Jake, I am. I don't know, man. I I appreciate the flow. Uh, I appreciate like a nice beard. Like I just appreciate when people take care of themselves. Uh, This guy is 6'4", 220, by the way, and he runs like a goddamn gazelle. Yeah. This, he looks like he was made to be like a fucking linebacker. And he's just busy hitting 440-foot bombs, dude. Like, that's what he does. Now, the first thing I'm going to say about Joey Weimer is he obviously has learned that he needs to like chill out a little bit because he's just up there hacking at times, right? Um, but he's he's learned. He's taken his lumps. Uh, constructive criticism is a very good thing if you're able to take it. And as a professional athlete, you better be able to, or you're going to end up like Wander Franco. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's different situation, but I, I get but, what you're but the current situation, yes. But 
The one a couple months ago when you were bitching and whining, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, Jake yeah. doesn't have much hair. I do have hair, you son of a bee. <laughs> I have plenty of hair. I just like to wear a hat, okay? <laughs> so, Joey Weimer in April hit 226. He had 21 strikeouts and 10 walks. Uh, he also had two home runs and six doubles, three stolen bases. So, you're, you're looking at this guy and you're like, potential five tool, right? That's what I'm looking at. Yeah. You get the May massive slump, a 160 batting average. He scored 10 runs, hit three home runs, but 28 strikeouts to three walks. Oof. He was free swinging up there, man. That's you get tough. to June, right? 233. So he flipped it from 160 to 233. That's a big, humongous jump in batting average. He's starting to see the ball a little bit better. He, sh- he did strike out more, but he also had way more walks. 11 walks and 31 strikeouts. So he's still up there. He's struggling again. This is when you, I believe it was June, when you went over the pitches that people were struggling with. And he struggles with breaking stuff away. He just doesn't lay off it. Right now, he's a rookie. He's going to learn. He will learn. I promise you. And if he doesn't, well, then he will be out of a job. Those are the options that you get. Um, So 31 strikeouts. position he plays. Yeah, true. Uh, 31 strikeouts to 11 walks. I mean, that's a little bit better, but still, that's high on the strikeouts. Yeah. So then we get to July. In July, he had a lower batting average at 213 compared to 233 that he had in June, but only 12 strikeouts and seven walks. So hmm. he went from, from 28 strikeouts to 31 to 12. That, to me, he's just putting the ball in play now, right? Hmm. That's a good thing. He hits the ball hard. Just let the bat to the ball, see what happens. He also had seven walks, so seven to 12 ratio is not bad at all. Then you get to August. The guy's just raking. Ben 296. Fuck it. <laughs> He's just up there. He figured it out. Now he has great hair, and he hits almost 300. So good for you, Joey Weimer. I, I can't say that this is like a locked and loaded what happened, but his like resurgence – Correlates with Sal Freelich being called up. Okay. I'll, I'm going to leave it at that because, like, I don't want to, like, speculate you, on Joey Weimer's feelings, but. You need to use that as your transition because that could be fucking fire, dude. If I if we had scripted the show, that's how it would have gone. <laughs> um, Sports Illustrated had an article about us trading him because of the slump. I'm not anywhere near needing to trade. Um needing to trade Joey Weimer. Like, it's not something we need to do today or even the you know, season. Bill says, interesting point. Welcome back to Wisco Fanatics. <laughs> like I say That's what that. you want those for, Bill. Um, <laughs> okay. So you brought up a lot of Joey Weimer batting stance. And another one that I want to throw out there, he's batting 305 against left-handed pitching. Yes, he is. He's a good good hitter against lefties um his his average is 22 points higher post all-star break than it was pre all-star break so the improvement is there Mm -hmm. i feel listening to all of the splits that you gave it really just screamed to me that this guy's a rookie yeah uh, we talked about it with Vinny Rettino on Monday, and he said that the gap between AAA and Major League Baseball is massive. Massive. Um, so I do think with a little bit of time that Joey Weimer will develop into a much better hitter. 
Yep. Now I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to have the stats to back it. Joey Weimer is already a fantastic defender. Joey Weimer could be even better defensively. And I'm not saying that he's not doing something that could make him as good as he can be, but I'm saying as he continues to grow and, you know, he, he spends time working on the tape. I think Joey Weimer will grow to be an even better defender and I will have the stats to back it up. So Joey Weimer currently has a 97 grade and outs above average. He has nine total outs above average. He has a plus 12 run value defense. Eight from his range, four from his arm. Okay. Um, his expected catch percentage is 89%. It is actually 92. So he's above expected on, on balls that I don't, I don't know. Baseball savant would say that he should catch. Mm. He's 3% higher than that. Okay. Uh, as a base runner, he is safe on 94% of advances. So, fucking send him full send on Joey Weimer when he's running the bases every single time he wants to try to take an extra base. I will trust him to do so. All right, I'm gonna. I will. You will not ever hear me complain about Joey Weimer being thrown out at a base because he's very good at it. Yeah, so that that kind of shows the baseball IQ. So I like that. Yes. Now Joey Weimer is also towards the top of Major League Baseball in reaction time. But listen to this. Joey Weimer has a below average route to flyouts. That's why he makes crazy catches. That's I mean that's part of it because like he doesn't need and he still doesn't even need to dive to make those crazy catches. Dude, like, the guy runs, runs like, balls down. He runs like a fucking gazelle. The one he caught at home, he literally overran that. He caught it with his bare hand almost. So that that tells me that Joey Weimer can like just improve his point A to point B, even yeah. if it's only one point two, you know, value of it. It tells me that there's a smidge of space for improvement for Joey Weimer to be even better defensively than he has been. That's kind of nuts, to be honest with you. <laughs> I truly believe the Brewers have two guys that are rookies this season. Who will contend for gold gloves? You're, you're thinking Weimer and Terang? I think Weimer and Terang are both capable contenders for gold gloves. Hmm. What do you say? So he's not in there. So I'm just going to ask a question because I'm interested in your answer. What do you say about a Garrett Mitchell? You think Garrett Mitchell's a gold glove guy? Um. You think he's just too fucking fast, bro? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of how I feel about Perkins, dude. Like we, we kind of underappreciate Perkins, but like he gets such good reads and such good jumps. He's so fast, like, and his he's he's made great throws from the outfield. I think that's what really like propels Blake Perkins into these categories is is his throwing arm. He's throwing a bunch of guys out. Yeah, I mean. Weimer's got a good arm too, but obviously there's still room for improvement and everything. And right. obviously center field from right field is a little bit different. So. Right. So Joey Weimer, like I said, he's got a smidge of potential to be even better defensively. That's pretty crazy, actually. Huh. All right. You ready to get to the man of the hour? Sal Freelich time. I, oh man, oh man, do I have some stats for you about Sal Freelich? This is going to be so good. I need to buy a Sal jersey at this point, dude. Fucking A, dude. Uh, I should 
I should print out the hype train. I'm going to make a South Freelick hype train flag. I love it. I, I, would, I would need one right in the front yard, dude. Oh, man. Oh, that'd be amazing. We should do that. We should do hype train flags. That'd be amazing. That could actually be a seller. I'm not going to lie to you. Future merch idea. Hype train flags. Print the Romeo Dobbs one out, too. Oh, man, I'm so down. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. That was a great All right. idea. So the the Romeo Dobbs of the Milwaukee Brewers, Sal Freelick. <laughs> uh, he's a good base runner. He's yes. currently above average in base running categories. It is a small sample size, so I'm not going to throw him out there and, and praise him as gospel or anything. But he is currently an above average base runner. Uh, he's already an above average defender. Uh, we've seen him make like six highlight reel plays since being called up. Uh, he has 88th percentile sprint speed. He's fast. So he, I will take that. Now, Jake brought up a lot of guys' walks to strikeouts. <laughs> Sal Freelich's walk percentage is 18.8%. His strikeout percentage is 16.5%. So he is drawing more walks than strikeouts, and I'm sure Jake's going to have the totals. Yes. Now, a couple other things with Sal Freelich before I get into some of his stats versus league averages, which I'm super excited for. Mm-hmm. Sal Freelich is batting 353 with runners in scoring position. He is batting 300 with two outs and has a 129 OPS plus. He's batting 300 with with two strikes, two outs with two outs. Either way, that's still amazing. Still awesome. Yeah. Holy shit. Dude, are you oh man, these league average numbers, I'm so excited for this part. All right, so I have four statistics of South Freelix versus the league average. Okay. Number one, league average zone contact percentage is 82%. South Freelix is 88.4. Damn. He's 6% above league average in zone contact. Damn. League average chase percentage is 28.4. South Freelix is 25.6. Yeah, he doesn't chase bullshit. He oh, is dude, good. just wait for this because the league average chase contact percentage is 58.0. South Relix chase contact percentage is 68.6. Oh, he's so close to being funny and so good. <laughs> Damn it. Dude, 10% higher than the league average on chasing contact. Tell you, this guy is born to be a 300. Dude, dude. that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> and then the league average whiff percentage is 24.8. South Freelix is 19.0. Love it. Man, I mean, the dude, like you said, he's destined to be a 300 hitter. Holy hell, this dude is going to be so hard to get out for the next 15 years. He, like, I'm just trying to think of, like, the potential, you know, everybody up, where we're going to be in a few years. To me, he just... He screams like a two-hole hitter, man. He really does to me. I'm probably leading off Garrett Mitchell in the future. His speed, his power on the top. You're going to have Cheerio in the three-hole, right? So, you go – dude, you go Mitchell, Frelick, Cheerio? I'm that, not even going to lie to you, dude. I might be batting Cheerio cleanup. I was thinking about that, too, because he can – Because he can I would put, like – I would put Tyler Black in the two. 
That's fair. This is, this is without Yelich. So like we can we can have Yelich still in this top four too. But um, like post Christian Yelich, I mean, we could be looking at Garrett Mitchell, say Tyler Black, Sal Freelich, and then Jackson Churio. <laughs> that is a monster for, for well, Jackson sport. Trio is going to drive in like 145 home runs in 2025. Oh, dude, dude, I'm <laughs> if they uh, did that lineup, Jackson Trio might seriously drive in 140 runs. <laughs> yeah, he might seriously because you, all those guys are fast and they, they steal like, bases, none of them strike out. <laughs> yeah, they, they get on base. So, I Holy mean, shit. 2025 Brewers outfield is going to be so, so nuts. Dude, our team in general is going to be nuts. Bryce Terang could be a monster by then. Joey Weimer could be a monster by then. Like Tyler Black, you're still going to have William Contreras. Jefferson I Quiro mean, will probably be backing him up. Jeez, bro, we're going to be freaking nuts. I mean, maybe at that time, a Cooper Pratt, maybe, if he, if he goes crazy. Maybe uh, a, a Wilkin, a Brock Wilkin Brock at third Wilkin. base. Brock Wilkin is I think is possible. He would have to skyrocket, obviously. But yeah. they're off to good starts. I'll say that. Where they're at now, I'll say they're off to good starts. I mean, Mizorowski may be up. We could we mm-hmm. could have a burn. He'll be up by twenty twenty five. He'll be up. Well, we get we'll have we can maybe have a wood a Woody and a a Burns, you know, locked up as old vets that just go crazy. Peralta may still be. My God, think about that first four. four years yet. Yep. Think about that first four. Yikes! Oh, and then throw throw Gosser at the back end there as the lefty. <laughs> We're gonna be filthy. starting rotation of Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Jacob Mizorowski, and Robert Gosser. Bro, that's gross. That's literally <laughs> gross. And you know what? I had a Cubs fan like two weeks ago be like, "Don't be mad at me because the Cubs run is just starting and the Brewers is ending." I'm like, "Do you even know what left?" left and right is at this point you just sound so stupid right now yeah brewers don't have seven rookies that are making major contributions or anything and we just have like you know five or six left and, and then our draft class was great so we don't even know what they're going to turn out to be yet yeah just, i will just say the cubs do have a good farm system theirs is number four they do have a good farm system brewers is number three so brewers aren't so going like, anywhere and like i said i said this at the beginning of the year too and i will i will still stand by it that I said 2023 is going to be the brewer of the year where the Brewers teeter on rebuild or dynasty. I'm just throwing it out there that I would lean closer to one side. I would lean closer to dynasty as well. Yeah. They're, they're nowhere near a rebuild. Um, no. So before I get into uh good old cousin Sal's stats here, um, I just got to ask you a question. Okay. Who do you think has the worst run saved in, in major league baseball as a team as a team yeah like like runs above average saved colorado nope where's kansas colorado? City. colorado is 20th hmm. kansas city is 19th st louis where's st louis i don't even see them on my thing they're pretty high. Oh, no, they're not. They're 25th. It is the mm. Oakland A's. It is Oakland. Dang it. I should have just, just gone with what felt right. Do you know what their total is? Say it. <laughs> is it 69? It's my. It's negative 69, dude. 
I had to get 169 in there. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> the the Giants are surprisingly like not good on defense. I mean, that'll happen when you have Jock Peterson in your outfield. I mean, that's fair, but they're usually like they're usually a well, you know, coach team. They well, they're still play. a good coach team. There's no yeah, doubt about but, that. They're just kind of old. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so let's get into Sal. Uh, like you said, I'm going to mimic this. It is a very, very small sample size. Mm-hmm. In July, the man just comes up here as the game of his life against the best team in baseball on national television. So that was fucking awesome. I will never, amazing. ever forget watching that Brewer game. What a freaking moment for that kid that and amazing. our team as a franchise. Seriously. That was amazing. What a moment for that kid. Every time he was up, you're like, he's getting a hit. Like, it's going to happen. You know? The vibes were immaculate. It was cra- My uncle was at that game, that bastard. Didn't you say Scrappy oh. was there too? No, not Scrappy. Scrappy. Scra- oh, you mentioned Scrappy being at the uh, um, Giovanni's one nothing complete game. Oh yeah, he was. Run. Yeah, he was at that one, which is also a crazy game to be at. Um, I have a weird story about Giovanni. Remember, t- remind me to tell you that later. Um, okay. so in July, the guy goes seven twenty six. That's a two sixty nine average. A fucking nice. nice. Uh, nine runs scored, one double. Got his first career home run. Four RBIs, eight walks, five strikeouts. So, I mean, <laughs> what else can you ask for this guy, right? He had a 417 on base percentage, a 423 slug, and an 840 OPS. I mean, geez, and a handful of web gems. Yeah, just nuts. So, you get to August, nine of 36. That's a 250 average. He's tailed off a little bit, but still giving you great at bat, still giving you great defense and speed, right? That slide he had the other day. Really is underrated. That was a great slide for him to get the hand yep. in between the catcher's legs. Wow. Oh, mate. Wow. Um, <laughs> seven runs. Dude, it's got to happen. Dude, I've just waited so long for this. Seven runs, three doubles, two home runs, 11 RBIs. He has eight walks and nine strikeouts. So, eh, people are kind of figuring him out just a little bit, but he, like you said, small sample size. Yeah. I mean, he has nine hits and eight walks, so 17 compared to nine, really, if you think about it that way. That's kind of the way I think about them getting on base compared to them. Like, a strikeout's kind of a wasted at bat, but strikeouts numbers are high right now, obviously, right? Just right. like home run numbers are high. So, for for South Berlick to be, you know, low, low on the strikeout rate is amazing. The Brewers yep. as a team, not so much, but in the future, they could be one of those teams that does not strike out. They put the ball in play. They just put speed on the bases, right? Like I said, I want to look that up recently to see if that's still the case because I feel like it's been contagious that they're all striking out less and, and going deeper into at-bats. It's the Sal effect. Um, so to go over the rest of his slashes, he's, he has a 391 on base percentage so far, a 500 slug percentage so far in August, and an 891 OPS. So... I love all of those Um, I'm just hoping that all these rookies can contribute. We could take a couple wins from the Los Angeles Dodgers and even maybe one or two from the Texas Rangers. I'm not going to go on a limb and say we're going to sweep them. If we were at home, I'd feel a lot better. But on the road, back-to-back against the Dodgers and Rangers in in mid-late August is tough. And the the travel is annoying, too. Yeah. That's that's what – kind of discourages me from wanting to say that the Brewers are going to win two out of three from the Rangers, but yeah, I agree. All right. So we're going to end it on Sal Freelich. That is great work. Jake, I will see you tomorrow. I will see you tomorrow.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.